You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a postcast edition as BYU caps their regular season with a 35-31 victory over the USC Trojans. We're talking about that, and we'll also get a little bit into BYU basketball beating the Utes. A perfect November for five major BYU sports. What a performance. What a month. What an overall season it has been for BYU football. And we're talking about it right here on postcast. Without further ado, let's get this special edition underway. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast postcast edition as BYU triumphs over the Trojans. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on this postcast edition as BYU caps off a no-loss November. BYU across five major sports, women's soccer, women's volleyball, uh, men's football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, a perfect 29-0. and 0. You can add in a club championship for BYU men's soccer as well as two individual national championships on the men's and women's cross-country side of things. What a time to be a Cougar fan. But, of course, the headlines go to the BYU football program. They cap off their regular season with a 10-2 and record thanks to a 35-31 to victory over the USC Trojans. What a performance it was for BYU. Let's start there. BYU found themselves in quite a bit of a dogfight. Uh, some of you prefer the term rock fight. No matter what it is, this USC team looked very much like a team that was desperate to get to bowl eligibility. I felt like either we were going to see a team like we saw tonight from USC or we were going to see a team like they showed against UCLA a week ago where they essentially just kind of mailed it in. USC came out looking for a fight and they absolutely delivered on that. They gave BYU everything they could handle. They took a lead in this game and it felt like for a little bit there the momentum was all on their side. But credit to BYU. When the times got tough, well, BYU as they have shown time and time again the tough get going and that's what BYU did. Tyler Algier, the sledgehammer as I have nicknamed him, finishes the game with 21 carries, 111 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely incredible that he fumbled three times in this game and BYU does not lose a single one of them. And in fact, his final fumble on the final offensive series for BYU, I know that they had one where they kneeled down after the fourth down stop. We're going to talk about that momentarily. He fumbles that ball and fortuitously, it literally bounces and lands at the feet of Dallin Holker, who is smart enough to pick it up and rumbles 22 yards for a huge pickup. And then they cap it off with uh, Jackson McChesney rushing three times for 17 yards and a touchdown. What a drive that was. All runs. BYU goes right down the field, punches it in, takes the 35-31 victory, and then it is up to USC. It is their time to see what they can do. They start a little bit of a drive, but they get into a situation where it is fourth and five. Fourth in the ball game. Of course, a timeout was called. They come out, and Caleb Hayes comes up with an absolutely gargantuan stop, only allowing four yards when USC needed five. BYU gets the turnover on downs, kneels out the clock, and they celebrate 
a 10th victory. BYU is now 21-3 over the past two seasons, folks. This is an absolutely incredible performance for the BYU football program. And the more important thing about this season in particular in 2021 is they did it against the majority of Power 5 opposition. The Cougars went 5-0 versus the Pac-12. That cannot be overlooked. I don't care what any Utah, USC, USU, I don't care what fan out there wants it. Well, you're not actually in the conference. BYU shut up that entire conference. Nobody can tell BYU anything from the Pac-12 as far as I'm concerned. That was a hell of a season for BYU, and they got the job done. They went 6-1 and one versus Power 5 opposition. They went 10-2. and two. They won 10-plus games for the second straight season. All of this BS about BYU, well, they can't follow up what they did in 2020. They got the beneficiary of, of playing non-Power 5 teams. We'll see what they actually do. Well, what did they do? 6-1 and one versus the Power 5, so suck on an egg. How about that? I, I just... I could not handle the disrespect being cast BYU's way and still being cast BYU's way. This is a dang good football program. This is a legit Power 5 program. And BYU, this is one of the seasons that should not be glossed over, overlooked, and just thought of as just something that happened. This is one of the best seasons in BYU football history. It is the 16th time as a program BYU has won 10-plus games. It's the second straight year that BYU has done it in as many seasons. They have not had back-to-back 10-plus win seasons since 2009. Uh, since the 2008-2009 season. They had that run there from 2006 to 2009 where they won 43 games and it was 11-10 wins all through there. But it's been over a decade since BYU has done this. This is an absolutely phenomenal accomplishment and more importantly, it was done against some of the best competition in theory that BYU will ever face. This is a really, really good football program and you can't take that away from them. I, I I do have concerns that they may get relegated to playing in that Independence Bowl, but a uh, word I got last night, or I guess tonight, I'm, I'm recording this podcast. Let's look at the clock here. 2.31 a.m. Mountain Time. Yes, I am up late, folks, but... The more important thing is, word I got tonight is there is a big push right now that BYU could find themselves playing in a different bowl game. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is played in Tempe, Arizona, uh, very much could be in play for BYU considering it looks like, I believe it's the Big 12 as well as the Big 10 are contracted to play in that game, but it looks like the Big 12 may not fill all of their bowl slots, and that could open up a, a, a spot in that bowl game against a Big 10 opponent. BYU, this program, deserves a better opponent than UAB or Western Kentucky. If you can get UTSA, I'd be okay with that, but I think UTSA has got bigger aspirations in terms of their bowl destination. So a lot still to be played out, a lot to be maneuvered, a lot to see what happens with regards to the bowl destination for BYU, but this is a phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time know that I was a very bold bullish on BYU, but bullish in the sense that I felt like if BYU won eight or more games this year, I had them tabbed, I think, at eight and four. I think I might have said nine and three at one point. I did not foresee a 10-win season, and that's on me. I'll own that. I, I just did not see them winning 10 games. This program has proven me wrong time and time again, and 
I am proud as hell of watching what we saw from BYU in this game. USC came out and absolutely did a lot of the things that other programs who have been lucky enough to beat BYU in recent memory did. They ran the ball well. They played stout defense. They really forced BYU to pass the ball to open up the run, but BYU withstood it all. They were minus two in the turnover department. BYU had the worst average starting field position. Those two metrics right there, the turnover margin and average uh, starting field position, are actually two critical things. You lose those two things in most games, you're going to lose the game. BYU won this game despite losing in both of those battles. So this is a very very impressive victory, a very impressive season for BYU overall. We'll talk more about this. We're going to have some time here in the lead-up to whatever bowl game BYU ultimately plays in to dig in more to this season, and we'll talk more about the accomplishment. I'm going to have to reflect on this a little bit, and I'd love your guys' comments on the season as a whole as well. It's just, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment. So congratulations to Kalani Satake and his staff, and now my only message to BYU administration is make sure Kalani Satake stays put in Provo. Take care of that man. He's not asking for a lot, relatively. Let's be real. Kalani's not a guy who's going to go out there and demand $9.5 million like Mel Tucker at Michigan State is. That's not Kalani's style. He is humble. He is loyal. He wants to be at BYU. Let's just hope the BYU administration makes it worth his while to stay put in Provo a little while longer, if not forever. Now, a note on BYU basketball. Congratulations to Mark Pope and his squad going to the Huntsman Center, their first true road game of the season. Uh, Found themselves in a little bit of a rock fight in their own right. we're down two at halftime, 29 to 27. BYU turns it on in the second half, runs away with a 75 to 64 victory. Congratulations to the number 18 ranked BYU Cougars. They are now 6 and 0 on the season. Really fun to see T. John Lucas getting it done once again. He finishes the game with 18 points. Alex Barcelo, BYU's leading scorer, 17 points. Uh, he was 11 of 12 at the free throw line. And the funny thing is, BYU won this game despite shooting just 16.7% from the three-point stripe. They were 2 of 12 from beyond the arc. The nice part was their game inside the arc helped them out. 45.5% shooting 30 of 66 from the field. Uh, four Cougars in double figures, Gavin Baxter, Caleb Lohner, Alex Barcelo, and T. John Lucas. Uh, Caleb Lohner, obviously, his uh, story in connection to the University of Utah basketball program, well chronicled, uh, had a nice little wave to the mus that got people all in an uproar. I it just made me chuckle. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He has a double double in this game with 10 points and 12 rebounds. So Really, really good performance across the board for BYU uh, in all sports. And also a shout-out to the BYU Women's Soccer Program. We'll talk more about this on the Monday edition of the show. But BYU Women's Soccer going to the College Cup, a.k.a. the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament for the first time in program history. They beat South Carolina 4-1. to So what a Saturday it was for the Cougars. Congratulations to all the teams, coaches, players, administrators involved. What a day, what a season, what a just an era to be alive and watching BYU doing what they're doing. It's a ton of fun to be covering it all and love the fact that BYU is just getting it done in seemingly every facet of their athletic department right now. It bodes very, very well for the near-term and long-term future of the BYU athletic department. You guys know how we do on this postcast, though. Coming up next, it is your guys' time to shine. Your comments, uh, I threw it out on social media, on Twitter. Get your guys' thoughts after the win for BYU over USC. We'll get to those comments. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. It's Black Friday weekend right now. 
now, obviously, and Built Bar is absolutely blowing it out, folks. Brand new flavors, a brand new uh, Built Crunch Bar, which is essentially, it, it's their version of a candy bar, but the incredible part is it's actually pretty healthy for you. 160 calories, 17 grams of protein. You actually can get two of those with any order placed at Built.com this weekend, and more importantly, they're offering their best discount they offer all year long. You, all year long, excuse me. Use the promo code LOCKED20, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0 for 20% off your order at Built.com. It's not going to last forever. Once the weekend is over, folks, you have lost out on that, but take advantage of it now. That's Built.com. Brand new flavors they launched this weekend. The Ruby Chocolate Puff is absolutely incredible. The Lemon Almond, uh, not Lemon, it's Lemon Cheesecake, also a phenomenal new puff flavor. And Rumor has it there might be a new flavor to drop in on Monday with Cyber Monday upcoming. So stay tuned to all of that, but get to Built.com right now. And more importantly, when you support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football via name, image, and likeness agreements they have with the BYU football program. So once again, promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com. Take advantage of that offer now and support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Hope y'all are doing good wherever you might be. Staying up late to record this postcast edition, but I owe it to you guys. What a performance for BYU after being USC and obviously missing out last week due to some technical difficulties. I miss talking with you guys. It's a fun to get your guys' interaction here on the podcast. So let's get to it. Your guys' comments. I'll start off with our good friend Dalton G or Dalton Gee. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Dalton at Doc Geezy uh, 28, your Doc Geezy 28. BYU got USC's best effort tonight. They lost the turnover battle and still found a way to win. That's true. BYU minus two in the turnover battle. It could have been a lot worse. Tyler Algier did fumble three times. A little abnormal for him. Typically, he's been very sure-handed as a ball carry, but BYU, luckily enough, able to pounce on all of them. And I hope Tyler Algier is feeling pretty healthy. He deserves some time off here, folks. He has the second most rushing yards in a single season right now now 1,405 yards he will need 174 yards in a bowl game to pass Luke Staley's single season mark of 1,582 yards but uh, I'm rooting for him this has been an absolutely incredible season for Tyler Algier. He has 20 touchdowns on the year. If this is his swan song in the upcoming bowl game for BYU, you got to tip your cap to him. Absolutely incredible. Our good friend Landon Sorensen at Shell5792 says, This team is good. Yeah, they are good. They're 10-2. and two. That is a dang good season. You do not throw back double-digit win seasons. I don't care how they come. You celebrate them. Thank you for that, Landon. Connor Packham, a similar... Uh, sentiment to this at Packham Connor says 10 and 2 back to back 10 plus win seasons I will take the W yes you do you always take the W really really fun to see BYU just having some really really fun moments and the good part is BYU has got a lot of young talent. It's been tested this year. The, the depth for BYU has been stretched to the absolute limit. They're down to third-string linebackers, DBs, offensive linemen. Uh, wide receivers are very much into their second string. This is a program that has been beat up, but the depth has proven itself. And that's the good news if you're a BYU fan. Is We all hear all the time about BYU having good ones, but the twos and threes aren't good enough. Kalani Sitake and his staff, they deserve a ton of credit for the fact that they have gone out and developed quality talent. Is it where they want it to be and where it needs to be to be a true competitor on a national stage when they get into the Big 12? Not yet, but the good news is they're building towards that, and joining the Big 12 is only going to help, I think, that build out. 
Uh, Pam at Hayseed68. McChesney came up big. What a game. And by the way, Jackson McChesney to come in cold off the bench. I don't know what happened to Lopini Katoa. I have not gotten clarification on that as of now. I don't know if he was benched for ineffectiveness. I don't know if he picked up a knock, an injury. But Jackson McChesney came in cold off the bench and absolutely hammered his way into the end zone. Really, really good sign for BYU. McChesney's been chomping at the bit all year long to prove his worth. Well, you may see him in a significant role next year if both uh, Lopini Katoa as well as Tyler Algier decide to move on. Both obviously still have the option to come back, but if I'm advising Tyler Algier, you go to the NFL, young man. Go make your money. All right, Jason W. Kelly at Jason Credline says, Tuiaki needs to be fired. Nice guy, but all the respect, but man, we need to pay our assistant coaches more. Also, I think Jaron is injured. Okay, Jason, I don't necessarily agree with you on that Tuiaki needs to be fired because, let me just put it this way, Kalani Satake is stuck by him this far. I don't see any way that Kalani is going to axe him now. If Tuiaki decides to leave of his own volition, okay, that's a different story, but I don't see Kalani firing Tuiaki. Just plain and simple. I'm not trying to defend Tuiaki. His defensive schemes have been infuriating at, at best at different points and they struggled in this game against USC but they got big stops when they needed to and that's a hallmark of a team that just believes that they just went out there and made plays the other thing is uh, they need to pay assistant coaches more completely agree Jaron being injured I don't get that he made some absolutely phenomenal throws his decision to throw in a double coverage in the end zone okay that's a bad decision I, I can't defend that one I don't think he's injured. I think Jaron is just fine right now. He's about as healthy as you can be. Uh, no player at this point in the season, by the way, is 100%. Let me be very clear about that. Unless you haven't played all year, you're not 100%. Uh, Jeff Henor at Jay Henor says, keep feeding the beast. Algier can run, pass, or catch. Just make sure the offense is flowing through him and Jackson. And to me, Jackson McChesney, uh, I agree with you. The running game is BYU's bread and butter. Uh, I call Tyler Algier the sledgehammer. He is an absolute beast out out there exactly what you said Jeff he is so good and we should not uh, forget how good he has been for BYU football because before long he's going to be gone and you're going to think back on that and say wow that was really really cool to see all right uh, other comments coming in here our good friend uh, Blair Red at Red Coach uh, says you do not take 10 win seasons for granted absolutely not and it's Chappie weighing in on this never Ever take them for granted. They're generational. Completely agree. I've talked about it on this podcast, those of you who are longtime listeners, there are seasons that come along that essentially lock in a new generation of BYU fan. Many of you can look back in 1996 or 2006 or that run from 06 to 09 as being the moment you were hooked on BYU football and they never let you go. Longer term fans who are older, have more experience than I do, think of 1984. Some of you may go back to 1980 or the late 1970s. There are seasons that come along that hook a new generation of BYU fans, and I think this 2021 season in particular could be the equivalent of an 06, of a 96, of 84, of 79. Those are seasons that are revered. This is going to be a season season that is revered as well. All right, some other comments here before we take another time out. Brandon Lemon saying, great win. BYU is playing with walk-ons and no stars. Down to third stringers and beat a bunch of four and five star players to win a 10th game this season. Well done, Cougars. Uh, I agree with you, Brandon. It's a phenomenal accomplishment. BYU's development program, yes, they are a majority of two and three star talent. A lot of walk-ons into this program. USC, I've had this described to me by Norm Chow himself, who was there during the Halcyon days most recently for USC. 
He says at USC, you don't recruit so much as you evaluate talent. You essentially look at the film and say, okay, we like that kid, that kid, and that kid. You go offer him, and that kid, that kid, and that kid say, yes, I'll take you up on that offer, USC. I'll be there. When do you want me to be there? That's not how it goes at BYU. They have to sell kids on BYU. There are some guys out there who want the religious connection to BYU. They want that environment. I get that, but it's a different era. Of, it's not a different era. It's a, it's a different level, excuse me, of recruiting for USC and BYU, but credit to BYU. They went in and went toe-to-toe with a bunch of four- or five-star talent, and they beat them head-to-head. Uh, Tyson Davis at Lil Davis underscore says, no lose November is real. Now it's good to beat the doors off of the Roadrunners in the bowl game. Fingers still crossed for New Year's Six. Keep those fingers crossed for New Year's Six, uh, Tyson. I don't see that happening, but I do think that BYU deserves a bigger platform than playing in the Independence Bowl. But if you can get the UTSA Roadrunners, I'll take it. It's disappointing that UTSA could not complete the perfect season. They got blown out by North Texas, which, by the way, congratulations to North Texas. You go and beat a previously undefeated team in blowout fashion, and by the way, also make yourself bowl eligible in the process. It's a pretty cool season for North Texas despite going 6-6. Six and six. But UTSA, if BYU can get them in the bowl game, I'll accept it, but I'd like to see a bigger platform and a better team for BYU to face off against. If I'm being honest, that's what I want to see. Alright, more of your comments here momentarily. First though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. Absolutely love this company. It's getting cold out there, folks. That means that my spiders, all of the bugs that seem to annoy you are trying to move inside your house because they want to be where it's warm. That's where our friends at All Guard Pest Control come in. They can handle any and all situation you throw at them because I can speak to it because they've handled situations that I've had. I had a mouse problem last year, handled it, no mice problems since then. I've had hornets issues, uh, or, excuse me, wasp issues, excuse me, during the summer uh, where they have wasp nests on my eaves. They took care of those. I've had an ant issue. I had also a spider issue at one point. All Guard handled it all. Seth Seth Baird, the owner, is one of the biggest BYU fans I know. I know that he has got a huge grin on his face thinking about BYU being 10-2. and two. Uh, He is a diehard of diehards, and he'd love nothing more than to take care of your home and handle your pest control needs, whether they're residential or commercial, all the while talking BYU sports with you guys. That is what All Guard is all about. A local company to boot, based here in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front Corridor, even out into the Wasatch and uh, also, Tooele County areas. If you need their services, they're happy to come to you. So reach out anytime to All Guard, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or get over to their website. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S.com. So once again, that phone number for All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Make sure to tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you give them that call. Rounding out this postcast edition of the show with more of your comments. Let's go to our good friend, Big Uncle Pooh. Of course, the mayor of tailgating himself. More exciting and scary than it should have been, but we won. Nice to see, excuse me, nice to be 10-2. and two. I agree with you, Pooh. It was very much a dogfight that BYU found themselves in, but they hung tough and they came through in the end, and that's a big credit to this BYU football program. This is a headstrong team. This is not a team that folds under pressure, folks. You can think of different moments during this season where they could have folded. They went to Washington State coming off back-to-back losses, didn't necessarily know what to expect with Jake Dickert and the Washington State Cougars, and somehow found a way to win that game, 21-19. This is a team that when, as I mentioned earlier on, when the tough gets going, 
when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And that's what BYU is. This is a tough, hard-nosed football team. They have been to that fire of adversity, and they refuse to give in. That is a mark of a good program. It's fun to see. Uh, Spence, a Texas Coug fan. Time for a new strategy on defense. We can't play like this come Big 12 time. Those boys play big defense. Spence, you live in a Big 12 country, but I would hardly say that Big 12 football has big boy defense. If we're talking about the SEC, it might be a little different story. Big 10, a little bit different. But I do agree with you. The defensive output needs to have an uptick. uh, But I think the biggest thing for the defense right now, I'm not trying to be an apologist for this, but the injuries that BYU has absorbed on defense. Caden Hawes didn't play in this game against USC. Had uh, no Keenan Peely, no Peyton Wilgar. You're talking about some of your top line, some of your best defenders, if not your best defender overall out for the season. It's tough to absorb that and continue to play uh, play at a high level, not play hard. They were playing hard, but playing at a high level. Chaz, all you also out. There's a lot of talent that was sidelined for BYU, so let's let's do acknowledge the injury issues that BYU's defense has absorbed. They they've had their they've had their run. Uh, Lorenzo Fawatea out for the season. Lopalea Tawa got dinged up in this game. Uh, man. You feel for these young men, but hopefully they can heal up for the bowl game. Uh, Cougar Forever at Mateo36BYU said, a great season. USC played with a lot of heart. Looking forward to the bowl game to see this team one final time. And a little bit depressing there, uh, Mateo. I, 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 football season goes so fast. And it's unfortunate to think about it. We're only going to see this team play one more time this year, but... You know what? That's kind of the fun, the sprint through the regular season of how things go. BYU sits 10-2, and we do have one more opportunity to see them play. And I I hope that they can go out there and play well and put a cap on this season and have a really, really nice final uh, bowl game and send the seniors, the guys that are moving on, out the right way. Uh, Others coming in here. This team has guts. This is coming from JT Lamoureux, a good friend of the podcast, JT underscore Lamoureux. This team has guts. With all the injuries and all the adversity, even being minus two in the turnover margin and Jaron not having his best game they somehow found a way to win it what a great season so far wherever they go bowling this is one of the best BYU teams has had uh, one of the best teams BYU has had and I'd agree with you JT this is a very very good football team I, I'll be a broken record on that it was fun to see them go out there and just take care of business that is the biggest thing about that alright other ones coming in here Brandon Roberts a Sir B Rob depth was seriously tested but 10 wins in back to back seasons and undefeated against the dumpster fire conference what a game well the Pac-12 as I mentioned they can say nothing they're Pac-12 podcasts out there, one that I'm, I refuse to acknowledge because they're an absolute joke of a podcast. They were the, just make my skin crawl. And you, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But they can't say crap. That's the thing about this. BYU has shut up the Pac-12. They own that conference right now. I know they're not in the conference, but you know what? When you're undefeated against all five teams, and there are people out there saying that BYU is going to go 0-5 versus the Pac-12. You know what? BYU's 5-0, and and they're sitting pretty. So thanks for coming. Next. All right, Amber Roberts, our good friend of ours, Amber N., uh, says it was a lot more stressful than I thought it was going to be with a crying, laughing emoji. It's a good night slash early morning to be a BYU and Jazz fan. Good point. Uh, Jazz absolutely obliterating the New Orleans Pelicans last night. Fun to see that. Oh, there we go. There's our boy. I just mentioned Seth Baird in our read about Algar Pest Control. The depth really showed up this season. Seth weighing in. He's at Baird, uh, Baird Seth. 
Seth, thank you for weighing in. The depth did show up. It was very fun to see that development. Obviously, you don't want to test your depth as badly as BYU has this season, but the good news is I think BYU learned that their depth has come a long way. There were not many uh, years ago that BYU, yeah, beyond their ones, they had a huge fall-off. Apparently, the twos and threes are getting better at BYU, and that is a positive I'm excited to see that, and I only expect that to improve as BYU gets closer and closer to joining the Big 12. Uh, Dynamite at Dynamite 6371. So that interception in the first half changed everything. If we would have scored, I think USC would have folded up. However, that gave them life, and we were in a dogfight. Then they ran just three plays, and BYU couldn't stop them. The defensive coordinator made absolutely no adjustments, and then part two, Caleb Hayes was a beast, and he won that game for us. Caleb Hayes had some huge pass breakups. Oh, nearly had an interception right after that interception, by the way. Nearly got the ball back for BYU, but had a huge game. Got the biggest stop of the game to seal the win for BYU. I, I get why uh, Elisa Tuiaki is kind of the butt of the joke here. The BYU fans, they want to see him out. They want to see him move on. As I said, he's not going to be fired. I, I don't know how to say it any clearer than that. It's very evident at this point that if he decides to leave of his own volition, so be it. But he is not going to be let go. And if I'm wrong about that, I'll happily eat my words. But I just don't see a scenario where Kalani Satake calls him into his office and says, Elisa, thanks, but you're gone. I just don't see that happening. Our good friend Nick Lee uh, weighing in says, not going to lie, I shed a tear at the end. I was terrified for this game with so much still at stake. BYU usually finds a way to lose these games. Now BYU is more pack, more Pac-12 wins than Cal, Washington, Stanford, USC, Colorado, Arizona, and now we wait. And we do wait. We But very impressive. BYU, what a... Uh, I don't know how many other adjectives I can come up with other than this has been a phenomenal year for BYU, and I'm really sad to see it coming to a close, honestly. Just a little bit disappointing to think about the just in a couple of weeks or a few weeks from now, we could have BYU season all sealed up. But you know what? That's kind of how it goes. We move on and obviously get ready for 2022 after that. But it's been a fun year all the way around. All right, the Conliest Manifesto at Nelson Lloyd once said, watching this defense play is like watching the one, that one gymnast win gold with a broken leg. They're all so injured, but they just find ways to win, even if it's not pretty at all. Okay. I, I agree with that, actually. Uh, Kerry Strug is who you're referring to in the 1996 uh, Olympics, uh, landing on a broken leg, sticking that landing to win the gold for Team USA on their home turf. Yeah, they, they found ways to make plays to win the game. I completely agree. Caleb Hayes coming up huge. They had fourth and five. Jackson Dart throws a quick slant, and Caleb Hayes just absolutely stonewalls that wide receiver, giving up only four yards, turnover on downs, seals the win for BYU. Yeah, it's not pretty. But you know what? It's effective. And as I have said multiple times on this podcast, what really matters in the end? Your teams, in this case, BYU having more points on the scoreboard when the clock hits zeros than the other team. You want Ws. That is what it simply just comes down to. And really, really impressive there. All right, John Livingston, Livingstone underscore JM. Hard, hard battle, but a W is a W, and we swept the pack. Hashtag go Cougs. I agree with you on that. It was very, very fun to see BYU go out and continue their dominance over the Pac-12, but you do take, you do take the Ws to celebrate them. Kalani Sitake has always said that they are going to celebrate the wins, and they were playing California Love by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg after the game. Nice choice. 
by the BYU coaching staff on that point. Uh, Jonathan Merritt, J. Jamrod, excuse me, says, Dart is incredible. Number six, Vavai Malapai, as his name was a beast. He says, I'm heartbroken for Isaac Rex. Tyler, Jaron, and Puka looked exhausted and beat up, but they were so tough. So proud of our team for the fight. They never gave up. Okay. Isaac Rex coming down, looking like he dislocated his ankle. I am hearing that it's actually a lot worse than initially feared. Uh, I don't know all the specifics on it, but Kalani Sitake, speaking with Greg Rubel, I heard this on the post-game show, said that they're going to have uh, surgeons coming in to give him a consult. His parents were at the game, obviously. Isaac Rex is a Southern California kid. He's from the OC, Orange County, uh, San Clemente to be exact. That was a scary-looking injury, and I hope that he makes a full recovery very quickly, but uh, the early word that I got back is that it was a little more serious than originally feared. I hope that they can get him right, get him back on the field, and he can resume his playing days very, very quickly. I'm a little bit heartbroken for him as well. It was disappointing because uh, Kalani also said all he really cared about, he wanted to know if it was a touchdown. He unfortunately uh, touched out of bounds catching that ball, but whew. You never want to see ankles do that. And the fact that ESPN kept it, showing the replay of it, I'm just like, what are you doing? Stop. It just uh, it makes me queasy to see stuff like that. Because I've seen enough of those injuries just in my own very sparse playing days. You just It makes you sick to watch that play out. Uh, all right, final few comments here. Let's uh, get to it. Reed Crosby, Reed underscore Crosby, uh, saying 10 wins. 10 wins. 10 freaking wins. The most blue-goggled fans didn't predict this. Amazing. This team just battles and has won in so many different ways this year. Fun to watch, but a little too stressful at times. Reed, I think you encapsulated everything that this season has been about. Yes, it's been stressful at different points. BYU has won in different ways. They've won in shootouts. They've won in grinded out, run the ball type games. They've won it with the turnovers. They've won it with defense. They've won it with offense. They've done it in multiple ways. It's really, really fun to see that. So congratulations to them. All right, final four, uh, four or five comments here. Nick Chadwick, run defense. That's all. Go Cougs. Yeah, the run defense, USC found they could have success about it, and they went to it. They got away from their air raid tactics, and they actually outrushed BYU 210 yards on the night for USC. So tip of the cap to USC. I think BYU, without their top linebackers and some of their defensive linemen, some of their better defensive linemen along that defensive front, the rush defense is going to be what it is. But going back to that earlier comment, BYU's defense, they're beat up. But they made plays. They made the plays that mattered in the end to win the game. All right. Uh, beers at BYU at River Coog. To the wire game, but BYU won with a better team instead of luck. Loved it. I like that. I, think, I like that take, Beers at BYU. Thank you for that. They, they did take it down to the wire. But when they needed to make plays, getting that touchdown to take the lead, getting the stop on fourth down, when they needed the stops to win the game, what did they do? They got the stops. All right, uh, final two comments here. Ryan Garfield, Ryan Garfield 2, fool's goal. This is interesting. You don't fix that defense scheme. It, oh, excuse me, if you don't fix that defensive scheme, they'll get beat in the bowl game. Uh, well, obviously, they, they do need to improve on that, and they will spend some extra time practicing, letting guys heal up. That is a big part of this, but they do obviously need to tighten things up on defense. I agree with you. You'd like to see more of a dominant defensive outing, but... At this point, are we not just understanding this is how BYU plays defense? Yeah, it makes you want to tear your hair out, but it also, at the same time, 
it gets the job done so i i don't know what to tell you ryan but thank you for weighing in all the same i appreciate you guys and your patronage it's so much fun to hear from you guys all right final comment goes to jonathan maruji at jay maruji says o-line on the last series is absolutely great jackson friggin mcchesney and caleb friggin hayes and that's how he spells it friggin hayes were also incredible a great season all around thought we'd go six and six eight and four would have been amazing never thought we'd go ten and two but you know what jonathan byu is 10 and 2 and let's celebrate that all right that is going to do it for this postcast oh actually we got one more take here i'm just seeing this come across and i apologize i actually uh, missed this originally but our good friend uh, tyler bergen tyler you stayed up really really late for this game because this was a 10 30 kickoff on the east coast he lives out there in virginia uh, he's with gfop a good friend of the podcast as well uh but he uh, weighed in with his takes and uh, let's get these in real quick all right my takes this was by far the most team Team win of the year. Second and third stringers are all over the field. As you always state, and I agree with you, ha- uh, Ben don't break is frustrating to watch, but the fact that we truly don't break puts the accountability on the offense to put points on the board and limit their turnovers. He says, this recipe works this year. It won't in the Big 12. I would agree with you on that, Tyler. Also says, tackle better. Yes, tackling is still an issue for BYU. Convert those dropped interceptions by our DBs, and these games look different. My highlight was seeing Jackson McChesney come in to seal the game-winning drive. That do deserve some love next man up works when they step in and step up so thank you for that tyler i completely agree with you on that and i appreciate you weighing in as well and thank you to all of you for your support thank you for weighing in with your thoughts it's always fun to hear from all of you guys get all of your takes and hopefully we got to all of them if i missed one or two of them my humble apologies but they come fast and furious in the post games but i love talking about them all the same and hope you guys are having a great day whenever you hear this whether it's 3 a.m when I actually post this mountain time or later on on a Sunday. We'll have more for you guys on the Monday edition of the show. I'll go back and rewatch this game in its entirety, let you know what I take away after a second viewing. We'll do our film review Mondays, and obviously we'll be looking forward to BYU's bowl destination, talking BYU hoops in the meantime, a huge win over Utah, and just an overall great weekend if you're a BYU fan. So stay tuned for all of that. That'll be coming up later on this week on the podcast. Follow this show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, search out Locked On Cougars. You want my takes on all things sports, including BYU, you can check me out. My Twitter handle is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can email the show anytime with your comments, concerns, advertising inquiries, whatever you got. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. That'll do it. Have a great day. This has been the Postcast Edition as BYU tops the Trojans and improves the